Welcome to the podcast. Most people don't, but you do. Stories and conversations about the benefits received and the fulfillment enjoyed by doing what most people don't. This is Bart Berkey, CEO and founder of Most People Don't. We're a motivational storytelling and training company where we provide enabling tools to empower you to do what most people don't. I am beyond excited to talk to this gentleman today. When you think about people that do, people that give to others, this gentleman represents giving so much as an advocate to the industry and helping others. Let me make sure I do him justice with just a few of the things that he's responsible for. First of all, it's Mr. Rupesh Patel, hotel owner, investor, industry advocate. And Rupesh, um, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to speak about what I'm passionate about, which is hospitality. And I have to share with you, this is the first time we've been connected for a while via LinkedIn, like so many other people. And this is our first opportunity to meet virtually and to have a conversation. I need to be very candid with you. Before I get to know people, I will look at their profiles and I'll try to understand them. And I, again, when I first learned about you through LinkedIn, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy has it going on. Look at all these things that he's involved with. He has his own show. He's an owner. He's an investor. He's an entrepreneur. I was envious and I was jealous. That quickly turned to like and admiration because of you, your sincerity and your likability. So I don't view you. Um, I'm not envious anymore. I am so happy to know you. I am proud and honored to be able to talk with you because you are likable. And I have no doubt why at least 47,000 people and hopefully by this time is released, this podcast is released, will be up to at least 50,000 for you. So that's the goal. Sound good? Yep, sounds excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to get right into questions and enough of me talking. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, uh, where you grew up and what started influencing you in the world of hospitality? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was born in England and when my when I was six months old, my parents actually moved to America where they joined uh, my dad's brother in Chicago and we stayed there for a few months. And then my parents said there's some opportunities in Houston, Texas. Uh, so my dad worked in Houston, Texas. Uh, we brought the rest of our family over from India and other states. And um, that really started my hospitality career or the journey for my family. And it was, you know, working nights and days and every day of the week. Um, and then, you know, with, with a you know, low paying job at a factory, an electronics factory for my mom. And um, same thing for my dad. They just worked low wages and they just saved enough money to start um, a business. And that business was, hey, you know, we're Indian and in our community, as the industry is growing or as the city is growing in Houston, we see more Indian people. So let's start an Indian grocery store because we needed that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for our own selves. And so my parents started a grocery store with their family members, brothers and sisters, and grew it to five chain. It was like a local chain, India Grocers in Houston, Texas. And um, ran there for quite some time until 1988. My dad said, hey, listen, uh, there's an opportunity in Texas. I hear my friends are owning hotels and motels. And uh, let's go to Florida, uh, or actually Florida, to go and find a property. And so one of his friends actually found him a property in South Florida. And a year later after, my dad was gone for a year to go understand the business. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, we transitioned out of the, the stores that we sold to a group. 
and um, the rest of my family moved to other parts of the country. And this is our journey into the hotel business. And so a year, a year later, I said goodbye to all my friends that was so close to grew up in Texas, right? My neighbors yeah. that I played with every single day. Uh, and I said goodbye to them, which was really sad. And, you know, we moved to Texas where I, or Florida when I didn't know anybody. Um, and that started the journey where we lived on property at a 50 room motel. We did everything, laundry, housekeeping, uh, front desk, 24 hours a day. If somebody rang the bell at four o'clock in the morning, we would wake up and go rent rooms. And, uh, you know, my parents did that. Uh, my parents had that property for uh, more than 25 years and they just recently sold it a few years ago. And, wow. you know, uh, they just work seven days a week. And I got that, I got that inspiration from them just working hard and being that entrepreneur where at their stores, they worked seven days a week. Uh, almost it felt like 24 hours a day and even in this hotel business we never left we never took vacations like you know yeah. like a, so quote unquote normal family and that was kind of my journey into hospitality yeah. and so Rupesh when you were growing up and they got the stores did did you watch the struggle from having you know technical jobs moving from England having technical jobs, you know, uh, trying to save up money. Were you part of that? Or did you do you remember many things as a child watching them kind of save in order to be able to start the store? Oh, yeah, we didn't buy the new, we didn't buy new cars. We didn't, you know, do all these things that, you know, you, you would think that once you come to America and have a little bit of money, you would just go and spend it all. We didn't do that. We saved on every penny that we could to, um, to save up and buy a business. And that was the goal. And so that was our entire family's goal to go buy a business. And so, yeah, yeah we saw the struggles of my, nobody knowing how to speak English, you know? So when I would go to school, I didn't know how to speak English. So I would go into elementary kindergarten and not know any English. And I had to learn like, wow. like the rest of my family. And um, that was a struggle of us not knowing how to speak English besides maybe my dad, right? And yeah. maybe the, the, the other uncles. Um, none of the women knew how to speak English. And so that was a struggle for us, you know, and trying to kind of associate or acclimate to the American culture was, was difficult. Right. And so we just tried and we just kept going. And I remember my mom uh, and, and aunts going to English classes. Right. And, and, and all those struggles that a lot of the, you know, foreign people come into the, to America and wanted to learn the, the culture and want to learn the language. And, and yeah, we did all those things. And so while, while you saw that, so you saw the struggles and maybe other kids were buying things, you know, maybe different shoes than you had and your family was saving up and saving up and then working so hard. What do you think about that motivated you or inspired you to kind of do, I mean, to do the same thing? You are a hotel owner, you're an investor, you are your own boss, right? You're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I see my parents and my family working seven days a week, 24 hours a day, basically. And I said, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to be just hustling. I'm not going to stop. And so even, <laughs> to, even till today, I still work seven days a week. And surprisingly to a lot of people is I get up at four, four 30 in the morning, every single day, seven days a week. Um, and even if it's a late night for me, I'm up early. And that's just kind of how I was not raised, I think. And, and yeah. I got inspired by my family just and other people around me that they just hustled and they worked hard. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what obviously had, you were kind of wired to do that. You were brought up to do that. You were kind of sculpted to do that. Did you see them in the early stages? Did they enjoy what they were doing, working in a store? Um, you know what? They, they didn't know any different. 
They didn't know anything different. They didn't have an education where they can go out and go into the, into a, a, you know, they weren't skilled workers. They weren't educated to go be a professional somewhere. Yeah. So they had to do what they needed to do. And, you know, um, it was, it was being entrepreneurial, right? Just going out there and trying to sell something and make a little bit out of it. Right. Because definitely what I've learned about you in listening to your social media broadcast, it's that yes, you work hard, you grind, you hit it hard, but you're also loving what you are doing. You're enjoying what you're doing. How did that come about? Yeah. You know, I think that's always been my, my, my motto is like really have a good time. And so anything I do now, mm -hmm. uh, maybe not, maybe 10 years ago, I said, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to stop doing everything I hate and really, because I learned it from somebody. They said, why are you doing all these things that are, you're struggling with, right? That you're, it's ruining your day. It's ruining your week. It's ruining your month and start doing things that you love. And I, when I learned that, I said, listen, I'm going to give things that I don't like to do to other people that are really good at it. And I'm going to do all the things I really love to do. So uh, I, I created this thing about, I think about a month ago, on, it was a post on social media that said, hey, listen, here, you might not know me. Here's 10 or 20 things that, you know, that are, that you don't know about me. And, and people were like, oh my God, I didn't know you knew how to sew. And I didn't know that you like to cook. And I didn't know that you liked music. And I didn't know that you started a DJ, DJ company in high school where your <laughs> friends are working at McDonald's making, you know, four bucks an hour. I'm, I'm crushing it on Thursday, Friday, Saturdays at clubs and weddings and birthday parties. I love that. And so uh, whatever I learned from my family growing up, I just, that was those values that it got instilled to me, like to keep going and not to be afraid. And so yeah. uh, I continue sharing that with my family too. Yeah. And Rapesh, what did you get rid of? If I can ask what, what things that you either didn't like or weren't good at, can you share? Was yes, it a company that you got rid of or was it tasks within an organization? It was tasks. It was a lot of, you know, like accounting. I, I don't like numbers as much as, I mean, I look at them because they, that's what controls our business. Right. But the day-to-day -day stuff as far as paying bills and all these things that were like monotonous, that were like repetitive. I said, I can give, give it to somebody else and free up my time to be maybe more creative. Um, and, and I love being creative. So that's what drives me every single day and how to think differently and how to kind of go to a business and see what they're doing and how to take that to my business or my industry. And um, I love that part. And I didn't get those, that, that clarity or that mindset when I was focused on these things I didn't like. Yeah. So you could, you could have been spending time on spreadsheets, but you realized that you didn't necessarily like it and you're probably still darn good at it, but you thought, okay, I like the creative side. Let me see what else is out there. And what I definitely have noticed about you, anything that you're learning you know, Rupesh, you're not keeping it to yourself. You are sharing it, whether you're sharing it with your followers on LinkedIn or whether you're sharing it at industry events as a speaker. I mean, it's just incredible. I, I want to go back to uh, uh, the thing that you actually started to say about how your family started the little Indian grocery in Texas, the grocery store. You said because there was a need for it. How brilliant is that? And think about what you have been providing, not only from a hotel owner perspective, an investor and an advocate, you are providing what people need. Have you ever really thought about that? Or was that just, did it just kind of come about naturally? You saw that your family fulfilled a need. Yes, they needed one store in Texas. The Indian population was growing. Then you grew to five stores. Did you really think that you're providing needs for people? Currently, I never thought about that as far as it, it, these are the things that I know that our GMs or our associates are struggling with. So I said, I'm sure there's other people in the industry 
kind kind of relating to the same thing. And so I just started sharing a lot of value mm-hmm. in what I learned myself. And uh, for me, I don't like keeping secrets. I like to share everything, even uh, simple things like back in the day when we became the number one hotel in a certain market, I started sharing exactly how we did it. And people are like, well, how, why are you telling your secrets? Like you're giving your business away to some <laughs> of your neighbors. And I said, you know what? Uh, I feel great that I can share this maybe with my neighbors or maybe with somebody else's neighbors that could help drive their business and maybe improve something. And, you know, here's the, the cool thing about life is you can teach someone how to make a million dollars, but they're, but if they don't actually go out and hustle and do it, they're not going to make it. So right. I just stayed with that mindset of I'm going to teach everything I know. Whoever's ready to take on these ideas and in uh, this mindset, yeah. they're going to grow. And, and honestly, a big percentage of people are, you know, uh, they don't take that, that responsibility or that what they learned into something and into action. And so I just started sharing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Doing yeah. Good, good for you. Good for you. And I think that shows the confidence that you have. And, and it reminds me, someone was asking me the other day for a copy of my presentation. I did a, a presentation to about 110 people of, uh, for the New York public library. And someone asked if they could have a copy of my presentation. And I said, sure. And they were a little bit, they were hesitant to ask. They said, well, you know, I know it's proprietary and I won't use it for anything else. I'm like, look, you know, most people don't, the term, the name of my company is trademark. So no one else can use it. But with regard to all of my other messaging in my stories that I share, those are my stories. It's not going to, if someone wants to recreate a story that they heard from me, you know, that's fine with that. So I love, I love your approach and I love your abundance mentality that if we all succeed, if we all share, if we all learn, we can grow together and we can rise up together. I I did have a question going, yeah, Rupesh, going back to the, um, the property, right. That your father had, had purchased uh, in Florida. Uh, You had referenced in one of the interviews that I had heard or read about was that at that time, your father didn't know anything about the motel business or the hotel business in general. And then the whole family moved. Do you remember some of the things that as a family, and perhaps even with your input as a child, that you did to help turn that hotel around? Yeah, you know, we we pretty much did everything. We didn't know anything about the business. And uh, it was a 50-room motel with a bar attached. And we had employees at that time. And then you know, uh, my dad being entrepreneur, he said, you know what, we're going to continue growing and um, we're going to renovate and we're going to do all these things that we don't know how to do, but we learn, right? And we make mistakes. And so I'm sure we made a, a ton of mistakes on buying the wrong thing or hiring the wrong person or, you know, making these mistakes that cost, probably cost us thousands of dollars, but that's how you learn. And, and I'm sure we went through all those struggles. And, you know, if we just went to the property and bought the property because we had the money, but actually didn't learn the business, we wouldn't be here today where we are, right? Um, and I feel like a lot of people do that where they are passionate about maybe owning a business but not actually running it, which is fine. But for me, I what we wanted to learn the business because we wanted to grow. And so we did everything, housekeeping, laundry, front desk. Um, and, and, and I think that gave us the experience and it, it, it gave us the, the growth that we needed to kind of continue, you know, moving forward. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you have 50 hotels or just one motel, as long as you continue growing as a person, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be monetarily. It doesn't have to be that you have a billion dollars. I, for me, I just want to be happy. Right. And I'm having a good time doing it. So um, 
I'm fortunate right now to be where we are as far as uh, the position I am. But, you know, uh, I just love that we have that experience, which keeps us humble today, that we know when we're saying to somebody, go do this or try this way, or uh, how about trying it this way, that we know because somebody didn't yell at us about doing it, but we, you know, we learned it because we know how it feels to be put in that position of cleaning a room or sweeping the parking lot or doing laundry or waking up at four o'clock in the morning or doing the night shift. Uh, we all, I remember all those things. And so um, I kind of take those experiences and put them into, uh, you know, yeah. daily life right now. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And Rupesh, after, after high school, did you go on to study hospitality or business or did you simply grow, continue to grow your family's, the, the family, your family's business? No. So I went to a multimedia school. We did uh, digital media uh, and music production. I'm still passionate about that. You know, I had a DJ company back in high school and um, it was just fun to do that. So I, I've, I've always been creative in my life. And so, um, and I still am, I love creativity. It just keeps me going every single day. Um, and you never lose it. That's the fun thing about being creative. People are like, well, you know, when you were seven years old, you used to draw on papers and used to color and be really creative. What happened to that? Like, we still have it inside of us. Mm -hmm. We just need to unleash it. And so I continue doing that with all the different things I do on social media. And, and even like right here is all my DJ stuff that I yeah. still DJ with my son every day. Right. And so I love that part about it, but you know, it, it keeps me going. Yeah. And um, you, you also reference, you know, your family a lot. And if I look at all the things that you are working on currently, so you're live with Rupesh show, you are doing, uh, you know, combined with hospitality in a minute, providing updates, looking at the startup companies, looking at the investment company, looking at your hotel portfolio. How are you able to manage the balance with your family? Yeah, you know, balance is tough. And um a, a, like 10 years ago, as my kids are, you know, 10, 12 and 14, and I started a renovation a month after my son was born on a major renovation for one of my properties. Mm -hmm. And um, it was taking time away from me. And, and I realized that after a couple of years and, you know, I make sure that I'm home every single day with, for my kids. And I make sure that we have a good time at home too, that they have it memorable because, you know, for, for us, with the stores, my parents were out gone every single, all day long. Right. Mm -hmm. So we were home with aunts. We were home with um, different family members that would take turns taking care of the kids. Right. And so yeah. I didn't want that for my kids. And so um, I, I make sure that I'm home for my kids and I make sure that we do a lot of fun things together and make sure that they get a lot of time from my wife and I. And so we're mm -hmm. very fortunate for this position that we're in, that we have the freedom of time, which yes. most people want. <laughs> Most people want time. And then when they get it, they don't know necessarily how to use it or what, to, you know, how to apply it before it's gone, which yeah. is sad as everyone's getting older. That's probably what you're thinking about. Um, are your children interested in the hospitality world? Um, I think they are. I, I think I don't want to force them into anything, uh, but I know they're going to be they're going to be entrepreneurs themselves. We talk about business every single day. I've talked about business since they were born and we talk about life every single day too. So they understand how fortunate we are. And I tell them every single day, like, be grateful that, you know, we have these things because there are so many people out in the world that don't have what you have. So you need to know that 
uh, you're very fortunate, you're very lucky. And so uh, I'm sure they're gonna go into some kind of business. If it's not the hospitality business, it'll be something around being entrepreneurial, being creative, being uh, that go-getter, which I hope they are, you know? And, yeah. and, and I want them to be really good people too. Yeah. And, and put in the work, be happy, do what you love and give back to others, I think is probably a quick summary of what you stand for. Yeah, have, have you ever had a report to anyone? In I have. Your so after, after uh, going to uh, school for creativity, right, mm -hmm. I actually worked uh, in the web department at uh, a few companies and you might have heard of General Electric. I worked for them for a while. Uh, I worked for some dot coms that I got laid off of. So I've collected unemployment. I know how it feels. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, I had bosses and I had bosses that yelled at me and um, and it wasn't fun. And so when I, I said one day, if I'm the boss, which I hate that term boss, I don't like to be called the boss. I just want to be part of the team. Right. And so um, I, I knew that I would never yell at people. I would never treat them bad the way I felt, you know, um, in my life. And, and so I continue putting that in, even if I'm mad, uh, we talk through it instead of just yelling. Um, and I think that's me getting that experience as made me grow too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how would you describe your leadership style? The reason why I asked, we just did a podcast in a clubhouse yesterday and we were talking about leadership and, um, what we've learned from bad leaders and annoying leaders and what we learned from good leaders. So how would you describe yourself as leader? I'm a team player. I just want to be, be a part of a team that's growing, right? And that's um, growing each other. And so I don't know everything, right? I, I admit that I don't know everything. And so I'm learning from my team or I want my team to say, hey, um, don't, I don't want everybody to be yet saying yes to me, right? I want them to kind of push back a little bit and say, no, I really believe in this. If we're talking about rates for a certain season or, or whatever, or something that we're doing for the properties, uh, I want them to push back if they really believe in it. And I think that's powerful when uh, we're all trying to grow as leaders that we don't want to just follow, but we want to lead uh, with our own ideas. And I think that's that's powerful. And I, and I, I get that from our entire team. It's not just me make, making that up, you know? Yeah. And I just heard this actually from a friend uh, in Dubai that I was talking to the other day, and he has a life coaching business. So he coaches individuals similar to how you're helping people, um, but, you know, executives for business and then personally. And it was so funny when he was talking to one of his mentors about, hey, look, this is what I think I'd really like to do. I'd like to help coach people. One mentor, which was, and he admitted, not a very good mentor, said, you know what, I don't like the idea of you coaching people because you're going to be perceived as less of a leader because you're not telling them what to do. You're asking questions and allowing them to do what they know they should do. And, and he was just kind of blown away by that. That's not, you know, this other mentor's approach was being a good leader is telling people what to do. And what you just said, right, quite the opposite. And that's his belief as well. It's encouraging people to be able to share ideas and thoughts and move forward. Um, do you have any, any examples of when perhaps someone and member of your team brought to you an idea and you're like, hey, you know what, let's consider it. And you actually implemented something. Any success stories that come to mind? Yeah, absolutely. So we do this often where if we're thinking about doing some initiative at the property and um, if it's a marketing initiative, something in sales, something in operations, mm -hmm. we want the team involved in it too, because 
eventually they're going to be doing this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the frontline team. So uh, I think it's powerful when you can get everybody's ideas together. And so if you just send out a message or an email to everybody or have some kind of meeting where you say, listen, here's what we're trying, here's our goal. And we're trying to reach this goal. If somebody, if we would love for everybody's input, write down three or four things that you think would work for this goal. And we'll, you know, put it together and see what works the best. And maybe we vote on it, or maybe we consider all those things, but I don't want to be the person saying, Hey, do it this way. And that's the only way. Right. I don't, I don't like that. And I think, I think if, when you get the team involved in the decision-making process, they take it on much more better. And they love that they're a part of the process instead of just saying, go do this. Right. Yeah. Um, they were part of that building this, whatever it is. I, I love that part. Yeah. And Rupesh, I definitely noticed on LinkedIn, you know, you have so many different endorsements and probably the number one thing that people say about you is your positivity, your approach and your authenticity. Where does the positivity perspective come from? I don't know. I, I feel like I, I, I was what it always wanted to be happy. Right. And so, um, I don't, I don't know where that comes from. I, I think it comes from my creativity or, or the music that I love. And so, um, yeah, everybody, ha I have bad days too, right? Um, but I try not to affect other people. Yeah. I really, really try hard not to affect other people. But, you know, I think it's the energy that I, that I get from going to the gym, waking up early, mm -hmm. um, a zest for life, right? Um, I love doing different things, a lot of different things. So uh, it's not like, oh, I just like this one thing. I like a hundred different things that I love to yeah. do, right? Um, and I'm not perfect at any one of them, which is okay too. And, and so, uh, it sounds like you you gain energy from other things, from your creative outlets, from working out, from cooking, from sewing, from your family. It just seems that you you soak in energy, and that leads to your positivity. Yeah, absolutely. hundred. That's hundred percent right. Yeah. So if you are having a bad day, what might you do? And, and I, I want to ask you probably about two or three more items. You know, pandemic has been difficult for everyone, for yeah. sure. Yeah. How have you, when you're having a bad day, let's talk within the last 14 months, anything that you do that our listeners can take from it, like, hey, look, I heard Rupesh does this. Yes, he works up, wakes up at 4.30 to work out. Maybe I'm not going to do that, but perhaps I could do this because I learned from him. Yeah, you know, I talked to, so I'm a people person. Uh, although if you met me, you'd be like, this guy's kind of an introvert. Um, I try to put myself out there, right? Which is kind of fearful, you know, in, in some way or fashion, right? At a convention, I force myself to go out and meet people, uh, which kind of scares me. So <laughs> if you do something that kind of scares you almost every single day, uh, you get past those fears. And, and I feel like that makes you a, a happier person for me, at least. Uh, but, you know, I talk to a lot of friends. I contact people as I'm driving to work or, uh, and then I message people. Um, I need that, that interactivity uh, with, with different types of people. And, and, and a lot of them are friends that just keep me going. And so I get a lot of energy from my network of people. Um, and I feel like, honestly, I feel like I'm that person that needs attention. And I've realized that in my life, like, Hey, I need attention. Uh, mm -hmm. And so what can I do to kind of feed that? Right. And, and I think it's social media for me. Yeah, no, love it. And I, I know recently, so again, that's kind of you're pulling the energy. So you're having a bad day. What you're using is you're using your resources. And a lot of the resources are going to be your friends, your acquaintances is through, you know, thousands and thousands of them, if you need it through LinkedIn or through any social media outlet. I know recently, I think you just traveled, correct? Weren't you at an investor conference? 
Yeah, I just went to the Hunter Hotel Investment Conference in Atlanta. Uh, it was amazing to connect with a lot of new people and then old friends, which was awesome. And how did that feel? Was that your first face-to-face um, -face conference since everything? Yeah, that this was my first industry face-to-face uh, -face conference where you were meeting thousands of people. And it was, I think it was over 1,200 people that showed up in a at a hotel. And we haven't done that in 16 months, right? Or, or more. And um, it, it was it was going to be interesting when I, when I was thinking about going, I was like, am, am I going to be safe? But, you know, I felt comfortable as I am vaccinated and other folks were too. And they did a great job with the, uh, the safety protocols there at the, at the convention. Um, but look, listen, I, I know exactly how it's uh, a lot of people are afraid of maybe public right now, because, you know, my dad died of COVID in, a day before my birthday in October. Yeah. And so I understand how, many families have gone through a lot of pain and, um, and suffering. And so, you know, I, I try to stay positive and I had, I stayed positive through that entire time where I had yeah. to take care of my mom. And I still do today. Uh, my mom lives around the corner from us and we keep her going. And, you know, it's been six months, a little over six months now. And every day we think about him, it's a, a void in your life, but, you know, I, I try not to let it, let me put myself in a, in a bad place or blame or some of those things that, you know, you could put yourself into, uh, into that bad place in your life. And I just don't do that. I know I have a bright future ahead of me and I know that uh, I have the support around me uh, that would keep me going. And that's what I did. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And again, sorry to hear about the, uh, the passing of your father. Um, you know, the pandemic truly has been difficult for, for everyone. And I know in some of your messages, you know, you kind of reinforce that, that you're not perfect, that it's affected different people, different ways, it is getting better. And I, I love as you look to the positive side of things, and I'll just share this quickly, one of my friends was a road warrior. And I was talking to him. And he said, you know what, I look at the pandemic was a good thing, or this was a reason that came out as a result of the pandemic that uh, he was home to watch his son take his first steps. You know, then you might hear from another person, I was home to be able to watch my, hear my daughter say her first words. So there certainly are some good things that came as a result of hitting the pause, I guess, on life. Is, is there anything that you can share that came as a positive thing from this pause? I mean, I think a lot of the positive came out of it. I think a lot of people stepped back and said, what is most important in my life? And I think that we all did that. Like, do I need to be working seven days a week or can I take advantage of the opportunities I have around me uh, or how can I think differently in what I'm doing in my career? And I think a lot of people, especially in hospitality, thought that like, hey, there are other opportunities. And, and so I know a lot of folks continued learning through the pandemic and picked up a lot of skills and picked up these mindsets that kept them going. But then they also picked up the skill that maybe could help them improve their career. Yeah. Um, and I think that's happened to a lot of us, including myself. Yeah, and I totally agree. And I heard you also make this statement before that you are all about passion, purpose, and helping others, that it's not about the money. Do you have any future plans that you could share with regard to what else that might look like for helping others? 
Um, so I continue sharing the good word of hospitality on social media, keeping people going, because uh, I know what my teams are going through. I know what we're going through as owners and operators. Uh, we're not just investors, but we operate every single day. We're Hotel business never closes 365 days a, a, you know, a year. And, uh, and so that comes with a lot of challenges where you, know, you get called at four o'clock in the morning, you get called at two o'clock in the morning. There's issues every <laughs> single day, right? Uh, but that's what keeps us going and that's what keeps us growing. And, and, and I love that we're part of this space, but yeah, you know, moving forward, I'm giving back big this year. You know, you know uh, I'm partnering with a lot of great companies that are helping me grow um, what I'm doing on social media to help people grow and help them understand that hospitality is an avenue for the future. And, you know, a lot of people were afraid last year were like, listen, I'm never going to get, a, I'm never going to go back to the hotel business because it's never going to be the way, the same, the way it was. I was always bullish uh, about that. I said, listen, uh, New York city is coming back. I, I'm bullish on New York city. I'm bullish on Chicago. I'm bullish on uh, San Francisco. Right. It may take a little time, but I'm bullish on the hospitality industry. I'm so happy that this summer looks great for a lot of different cities. And I think the United States, there's a lot of a lot of great things are going to happen for the travel and hotel industry, right? So um, I've always shared the good word about hospitality, and, and I'm going to keep doing that as we help people come back to the industry and, you know, do what we can to kind of help them keep them going outstanding and i i feel exactly the the same way um when pandemic initially hit there was a lot of hotel people that were displaced let's put it that way and uh, i shared a, a comment at one point in a story i said you are remarkable not redundant because that was a term being used for many hotel people you're redundant we don't need you anymore you're redundant I'm like you are not redundant you're remarkable the position perhaps was redundant and right now, and I know you are so heavy on LinkedIn, which is so grateful and so appreciative. We're seeing every single day our hotel friends that are coming back. Guess what? After 14 months, I'm proud to say this. You know, I'm pleased to announce that I'm joining this. And many of them are staying within the hospitality, which is just incredible. So a year from now, what do you think the concerns might be? Pandemic, right? Everything is back to normal. Do you think there's any going to be any other challenges for the hospitality industry, let's say a year from now? Um, labor has always been an issue, and it was an issue before the uh, pandemic started. And mm. it's still labor. Uh, labor is going to be a huge issue through the through the summer as occupancies pick up and as people get comfortable traveling again. And, um, you know, people are moving from here to there. And I think that's going to be a, a continued issue. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't know what next year is going to look like. I hope it's positive for all of us. And I think it will be. Um, but I think labor is going to be a, a big thing for us as we continue the year and, and try to move forward through uh, these different seasons for the hotel business, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, again, story from a friend just recently, their hotel was running 97% occupancy on weekends. Uh, normally, they would have 120 staff to take care of, right? Employees to take care of everybody. And sadly, I think they had 30 because staffing was such an issue. And when, you know, when customers are paying high rates, they probably have different expectations. Okay, I'm paying $600 for a weekend, 97%. I called down and no one picked up the phone. So I really think, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, that that's going to be um, massively important. And the reason why I asked you that, Rupesh, is, you know, looking at your hospitality live with Rupesh, um, you have a segment, is it Sarah, that shares ideas in hospitality in a minute? 
Yeah, Sarah Dandy, she's on the show every week um, yeah. on the show, and she talks about what's happening in hospitality and travel. Yeah, and I, it just interesting, the last one that I watched, she was talking about complaints from an airline perspective is just through the roof. My last official question that I want to make sure that our listeners have a chance to be able to connect with you and learn more about your resources what what do you think we need to do as an industry? And when I say industry, it's yes, it's airlines, it's destinations, it's travel planners, incentive companies, hotels, trans, transportation, you name it. What do you think we need to do in order to make sure that service continues to become better? Uh, there's, I mean, there's a, a bunch of things that you can do. Uh, right now, it's putting the message out there that you are here to take care of the guest and we'll, we're, do, we're going to be doing our best. We're going to do the best we can to take care of you. Um, and, and I think that goes along with training the team that's coming on, especially the people that are not in our industry that have maybe thought about joining. I think training is going to be a huge part of letting them understand what hospitality is all about. And it's about the people. It's about caring. It's about the connections. It's about the engagement. Um, Although digital is coming into play now where, you know, people are comfortable with texting what their requests are, um, but I still think that making people feel uh, really comfortable with their stay and communicating is going to be a huge part of it. And so I think training is going to be a huge part of, of our success this year and, and moving forward. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, Rapesh, what is the best way? Again, our goal is to be able to help you. This will be going out to approximately 20,000 individuals. So we're hoping that if individuals are not already connected with you, that they connect with you, one on LinkedIn. But what is the best way to learn more about what you are doing to help others, about your companies, about your resources? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I share the good word of hospitality every single day on LinkedIn, which is my main platform. And I'm so proud to have been connected with and connecting with, you know, new listeners and new followers. But I share uh, resources, insights, ideas, news about the hospitality industry uh, to a amazing uh, group of passionate people on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I am make it very easy. It is rupeshlive.com. That goes directly to my LinkedIn profile. Um, so that's that. And then I also have a website called rupesh.co where I share uh, the hospitality show that I have. So every Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, I uh, have a live show uh, that is broadcast on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, you can find all those links at rupesh.co. And finally, you know, I'm, I'm a hotel investor and um, I... And, and I love to connect with different people, different parts of the industry, including associates at hotels, because I learn a lot from them because they're on the front lines all the way up to, um, you know, family offices and, and different brokers and bankers. I just love the entire industry as a whole. And uh, honestly, I love staying at hotels. If I could stay at a hotel every single day, I would definitely do that. <laughs> I think my family is along on the ride with us. So um yeah i'm happy to connect with anybody any of your listeners thank you so much for having me on this is fun and i can't wait to um continue connecting all of us as we all grow in this industry no rapesh thank you so much again um hotel industry expert and advocate host of hospitality live with rapesh uh, consultant investor career coach uh great father great husband and certainly a likable gentleman. So Rupesh Patel cannot thank you enough for joining me on this. We would love for individuals to connect with you. 
And most importantly, what we learn, it's about passion, purpose, and doing for others. Most people don't, but you certainly do. So cannot thank you enough for being on our show. Thank you for having me on.